Good morning, everybody. Uh, can I say a special welcome to you if you're visiting us today? It's good to have you along with us. Do contact me during the week if you have any questions about what I say or you'd like to learn more about uh, Jesus and what he's done for us and what it means to follow him. Very, very happy to talk to you about him. We are thinking today, as Dan has already mentioned, uh, about God being faithful. We're continuing the series in the Psalms, thinking about uh, what our God is like. Uh, and it's something that we read about um, in the Psalms. The, the psalmist is, is happy to say, uh, great is your steadfast love. Uh, it reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness to the skies. Uh, you are faithful, Lord. And when we come to uh, a topic like this, uh, for those of us who have been Christian for a while, uh, it might be easy for us to think, I kind of have heard this sermon before, maybe I know this uh, already, uh, God is faithful. Um, that's true. And it might be easy therefore to not switch off, but not to take it quite as seriously as we really need to. Uh, perhaps a way to uh, point this out for us is to say that uh, our continued anxieties, uh, depressions, fed lusts, uh, spiritual weakness is in part, perhaps in a large part, due to not really understanding in our hearts that God is faithful. Uh, there is a uh, something in us in which we have not grabbed hold of uh, God's promises and are fully leaning on them. And we'll see uh, how that really uh, is a reality a bit uh, later on in the sermon. But for now, uh, but maybe it's good for us just to have a little moment, a little check in our hearts uh, to humble ourselves, uh, to remind ourselves of our need, uh, to learn of God's faithfulness afresh, and to uh, ask in our hearts uh, that the Lord would give us hunger uh, to know him more deeply today as being a faithful God. We're going to start thinking about what it means, really, just let's just ponder this um, statement for a bit, uh, that God is faithful. What are we saying? God is faithful. The psalmist kind of uh, puts it in two ways. One way, uh, which we've read about in this psalm today, uh, he speaks about God being faithful uh, forever, in all time. This is, this is one way to think about his faithfulness. He says, uh, <clears throat> the steadfast love of the Lord um, uh, continues to all the generations. His faithfulness uh, continues forever. His faithfulness, his faithfulness just goes on and 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 it doesn't stop. And then the other way to think about it is the one that I've already mentioned in which, as an example, is Psalm 36.5. Your steadfast love reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness to the skies. If you keep going up, you just keep going up and you find in God uh, that he's just faithful, 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 faithful. Um, you don't, it doesn't stop in time 
and you can't reach to the top of it. A God is faithful through and through. And when we say faithful, what we mean is that he's reliable, uh, he's committed, he's trustworthy, uh, he has integrity. Uh, you can rely on him, uh, you can lean on God, and he is reliable. He's faithful. He's not flaky, unstable, fickle. He's not changing his mind, pulling out on his promises. He's not unstable. He's very, very faithful. I, uh, as, as, a, as a negative uh, example, I remember when somebody was unfaithful to me. Perhaps you can think of a time when somebody was unfaithful to you. Somebody uh, promised me something in a job interview. Uh, the job would, um, uh, would be a certain way. And then after a certain time, it would look another way. Um, it's not this job, by the way. Uh, and um, what happened was after three months, uh, the promises uh, fell apart. And it turned out that um, actually this person had um, simply lied. Um, they, had, they had said things that were not true. And now I was uh, locked into a job and there was nothing I could do about it. Somebody had not been faithful to their word. And in fact, they'd started out with a lie. God is not like that. That's not God. Uh, we can trust everything that he says. He only says what's true. And he is committed to his word. If we think about faithful people, how good uh, to know faithful people that we can rely on, that we can ask, uh, that they uh, consistently have integrity and they are the same uh, day after day after day after day. Uh, and if they say they're going to do something, then they can do it. Isn't that like a, there's such a refreshing uh, to meet people like that, to grow to know people like that. And that sort of faithfulness uh, is just a very dim reflection of the faithfulness uh, that exists in God. God's faithfulness uh, is who he is. Malachi uh, teaches us that God doesn't change. He's just the same. Uh, Hebrews tells us that uh, it is impossible for God to lie. Uh, God, uh, God can't lie. He, he is what he is. Uh, and he, when he says something, he can't say something that's not true. Paul, uh, in 2 Corinthians, this is a really um, sweet way and gives you an insight into how Paul thinks about God. He's trying to convince the Corinthians um, that he himself wasn't flaky. And he says, as surely as God is faithful, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you, was not yes and no. It wasn't flaky. Isn't that just an interesting um, uh, thing that Paul does there? He, he says, in order to um, make my point clear, I'm going to ground it on the certainty of God is faithful, uh, of God being faithful. As surely as God is faithful. That's like saying, as, as surely as the sun will rise tomorrow, our message to you is not. When in fact, the sun rising tomorrow 
is not as reliable as God. That's right at the very bottom. There's something to bank uh, if you want to back up your promise. As surely as God is faithful, that's a sure and true thing. God is so reliable. He's more reliable than the sun rising. And we see God's faithfulness. We might, we might think, oh, okay, that's nice. That's nice. You could say all kinds of uh, fluffy things about God. You could say all kinds of wonderful things, but let's see that. Well, that's what you see in the history of Israel, isn't it? That's what we see in the way that he dealt with Israel. He made promises to Israel. He made promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Israel. That he would bless them and that he would bless the world through them. And then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of Israel being unfaithful, and yet God does not stop being faithful to his word and his promises. If there was ever a kind of justified reason to give up or to change your mind or say, you know what, I kind of overshot. You know what, this has actually been going on for a bit too long. You've kind of, you've, you've run out of rope. Israel would be a great example of that. The, to read the history of the nation of Israel, in, as, as is written in the Bible, uh, is to read of a people who are just woefully difficult uh, to lead, uh, woefully difficult to love, uh, rebels who continually turn away from the Lord. Uh, you, you have to uh, search every single tiny nook and cranny to find anybody who's half decent uh, and there you find them and find that they too uh, have committed great sins. This is God being faithful with his people, Israel. He doesn't give them up for hundreds of years. He sticks to his promise. And in fact, this is what the people in the Bible appeal to. They say, for the sake of your steadfast love. Uh, that steadfast love is a love that made promises to Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, that he would bless them uh, for the sake of your name. Don't let go of your promise, God. Continue to be faithful to the word that you've spoken. And then as Israel's history travels on through, finally all these promises uh, find their yes in Jesus uh, when he sends the Redeemer to redeem Israel He'd promised them that they would, uh, they would receive grace. They would receive more blessings than they deserved. Uh, he sends Jesus uh, that they might be saved and that through him, the whole world would be blessed. And so in Jesus, he does. He keeps his promise. It took hundreds of years. Uh, you could have been forgiven, well, uh, as, a ma as a manner of speaking, for thinking that he, would, uh, he had given up on his promise. Uh, but he, he hadn't. Uh, God's timing was perfect. And he sent the son. He fulfilled his promise to Abraham. And through Jesus, he is blessing the world. And he's currently doing it. Uh, he's doing it right up to today. That's the faithfulness of the Lord. Uh, he keeps his promises. But just now as we think about his promises, thinking about this idea here, of the Lord being faithful and being faithful to his promises. We need to uh, think about God's faithfulness in two senses. I've already mentioned one, uh, and that is that he is, um, he's faithful to himself. Uh, God is, God has integrity. Uh, he uh, is gracious and he will be faithfully consistent in being gracious. 
Uh, God is just and he will be faithfully consistent in being just. Uh, God has a kind of faithfulness or a kind of integrity or truthfulness about himself uh, as he is. He, he won't stop being God. He will continue to be exactly who he is from now and forever. He hasn't changed in he hasn't changed as far back in, in, in time as, or eternity as you can go, and he'll never change as far forward into the future. Uh, and in this sense, he's faithful, but he's also free. Uh, he's free at this point, but he will continue to be who he is. And it's not until he uh, makes a promise or, or creates a covenant or speaks a word that that faithfulness comes out and it connects to us. And it's at that point that he binds himself to his word. This is why uh, Hebrews uh, says that when God made uh, a promise to Abraham, uh, he sealed it with an oath because he wanted to make double sure uh, that the people knew that he um, wasn't uh, going to go back to his word. And it doesn't say, uh, and therefore because of the oath, we have confidence. No, it says actually by two unchangeable things, by two unchangeable things. So God making the promise was, was uh, sure enough to bank on. God adding the oath was an extra for our sake. And so now there are two unchangeable things uh, because God uh, cannot lie. That's what Hebrew says. It's impossible for him to lie. Uh, so it's completely reliable. He's now bound himself uh, to his word. Uh, or Second Timothy says that uh, God cannot deny himself. And now his word has gone out and he will be faithful to his word. So we're just going to think now for a minute together uh, about three broad ways uh, that God is faithful to promises, faithful to his promises. Uh, the first um, is uh, the promise of his spirit. Uh, this is now something that God gives to people uh, when they call upon his son. Uh, we read about this in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Uh, Peter is preaching about Jesus and the people, are, people feel convicted. They've heard about Jesus and think, you know what, we've, we have actually done the wrong thing in, in crucifying him. They say, what do we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Uh, God promises for those who call upon Jesus uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Je uh, Jesus said it himself in this way in John chapter 7. He said, um, He's at a festival and he stands up and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke this about the Holy Spirit, uh, which he was going to pour out. Um, God promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. Last verse on this point is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Uh, Paul says in him, he's writing to Christians, and he says in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, this is the news about Jesus dying for our sins and rising to, to life, and says when that happened and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The promise 
of God's spirit. Uh, that's something that God promises to people, promises to you today, uh, if you'll call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And what that means is uh, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit uh, is life. The Holy Spirit brings life. He brings new life uh, to our dead, spiritually dead lives. Uh, he causes our eyes to, our spiritually blind eyes to be open so that we can see who God really is and what he's really done for us. Uh, because at the moment we walk in darkness. Uh, and he is the promise of God with us. This is God himself, God the Holy Spirit, are coming to dwell in us, make us new, um, and give us fellowship with God. And can I just say that if you are visiting today, if you've just tuned in or you've been invited along by a friend to listen, uh, can I say that this promise is for you. Believe it or not, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, uh, has said that all who call on his son will receive the gift of his spirit. You can be made new. You can have your sins uh, forgiven. Uh, you can become a brand new person in Christ. Uh, and you can be with God and know him uh, forever. Uh, this is something that uh, God has given to us freely, not because of how good we are or how well we've done, but he does it completely out of his own uh, free grace, a free gift because of his great kindness and compassion, uh, because he loves you, because he sent his son for you. Uh, and he extends this offer to you and he's asking for no payment. You just put out empty hands uh, and receive it. Uh, if, there's, if there's one thing you need, it's faith. Uh, you need faith to receive what he's um, offering you um, in Christ. That's the promise of the spirit. And then there are two other, um, broadly speaking, promises that God makes to us uh, through Jesus. Because you see all the promises up to, um, in the Old Testament, they were, they were moving forward to Jesus. Um, uh, and some of them do carry on and speak about uh, what is promised to us who now are um, people who are in this new covenant with God through Jesus. Um, and the first one is eternal life. I'll just read out a couple of verses again about this promise that God has made. Titus chapter one, verse two, Paul says, he's, he starts the letter this way. He says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope, of eternal life, which God, who never lies, there we have that idea again, promised before the ages began, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised. Or Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, that's Jesus, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Or James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Or James chapter 2, verse 5, Listen, my beloved brothers, God has not chosen those who are poor, sorry, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. Heirs of the kingdom 
This is that same idea as the eternal inheritance. Heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him. And lastly, 1 John 2, verse 25. We could, we could mention more. But 1 John 2, 25, he says, and this is the promise that he made to us. Eternal life. Eternal life. God is faithful to his promises. And one of those promises, a big one, I might say, is the promise of eternal life. Now, what I want to do, and reason why I mentioned this promise and take us here in the sermon, is because I, I suspect that this is an underrated promise. I suspect that the promise of eternal life is not fully appreciated by us uh, or fully taken uh, into our hearts um, and, and meditated on sufficiently. God has promised eternal life. And as the psalm writer says, God is faithful. To all those who trust in his son, eternal life is promised. And there's one other promise I want to bring out, uh, and that's the promise of protection. This is a new covenant promise. This is all, for all those who are in Christ. Um, the Lord has said that he will be faithful and he will keep you and protect you until the day of Jesus. So eternal, if eternal life is, is what is in the future, the promise is, yes, I will raise you up and you will, I will give you eternal life. Protection is, I will keep you on the way there from the devil, from sin, uh, from temptation, so that you get there. I will get you to glory. A couple of texts here, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8 to 9. Uh, he says, Paul's talking about them and he's saying that, you know, he's talking to the Corinthian church and he says, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who will sustain you to the end. God is faithful. And then later on in that same letter in chapter 10, verse 13, he says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So here we have a threat to this uh, sustaining to the end. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. He's trying to encourage them and comfort them. And he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Feels almost too good to, uh, to say. Uh, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 
will protect you. And in his second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, he's talking about um, the threat of, of um, people who don't follow Jesus and the way that they've been hurting the church and harming them. And, and that can cause people to give up on the faith. But then he says, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Uh, the Lord will protect you. If the Lord has called you, if you are truly born again, if you have truly received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, uh, and you're trusting in him, he has given you his spirit and he will keep you and protect you. And I say this, I say eternal life and I say protection uh, because I want to um, lift our eyes to the great and guaranteed reward and to grow our appreciation of God's spirit protecting and sustaining us in our journey there. I think that the, that the idea of God being faithful can be uh, passed around too easily. We might speak about God being faithful when we uh, were looking to move to a new place and find a job. Um, and we might say, God is faithful. I think he's being faithful at that point to his kindness. Uh, he's kind and he's generous. Uh, but I don't think he's being faithful to a promise of a particular car or a particular job or a particular spouse. Because if you got all of those things and your faith was not intact, that would be terrible. But if you didn't get those things, and the Lord kept you in your faith and your trust in him so that he would carry you to eternal life, that would be God being faithful. So you can say when you're going through a trial and your faith is not shaken or you're faced with a great temptation and the power of the Holy Spirit enables you to say no, or you're tempted to give up and the Holy Spirit gives you strength to carry on or you're tempted to doubt the goodness and the promises of the Lord and the, and the Holy Spirit uh, brings to your attention, brings to your mind and strengthens your faith about the truthfulness of God and his promises and in Jesus as his son, you can say God is faithful. He is protecting me and preserving me. And the day will come when all of this faithfulness in keeping me will well up into eternal life forever. Faithful to the promises. God has made a lot more promises. Uh, can I encourage us to make sure that we are putting our faith in God's promises, in the things that he's actually committed himself to, uh, and that we are leaning on that, uh, and that we are looking at God being faithful to what's really important to him, uh, I think that what can happen is um, the fact that we don't appreciate or maybe don't uh, have our emphasis here uh, is an indicator that, that we haven't aligned ourselves with uh, the uh, priorities of the scripture, of the scriptures. Uh, we can easily get caught up in our material circumstances over our faith uh, and, and forget that actually the great big things that God has done for us 
and the great big promises that he's made for us is that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that that means a promise of eternal life with God in the new creation forever. And that he will keep you till that day to enjoy that inheritance with him and with the saints. Praise the Lord that he provides all those things. And the reason, well, at least one of the reasons why we need to emphasize that is we need to say at the same time that some of us will go through hardship. We will suffer. Some of us will go on mission and die. Some of us will go through our illnesses and we will lose our lives. We will lose loved ones. It will be hard. We've not been promised a trial-free life in following Jesus. But we have been told, James 1.12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. God has proven his faithfulness to Israel. He's proven it through his son, Jesus, and he's given us great and precious promises to carry us through till the day of glory. Just as we finish, I want to um, have, I've got one more point, and that is, uh, a few ways perhaps to help us leaning every day, uh, leaning on the faithfulness of God every day. So what does this actually look like in the day to day? You might ask. Here's a few examples. You might be tempted by money, uh, by comfort, by nice houses, uh, by good interior decorating, by holidays. What, what leaning on the promises looks like uh, in a situation like this uh, might be remembering what Jesus has said to us in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, um, don't store up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up treasure in heaven. Uh, so that uh, Jesus is teaching us that if we are uh, generous now and we trust God in this promise, that we will receive uh, an inheritance in heaven, that that's where our, our comfort uh, and, our, and our treasure will really be, then, that, then in this very moment when we're tempted to give in to money, the house, the comforts now, uh, it's the promise and it's the faithfulness of God that helps us to say no to that now uh, because we are trusting that God will, God will be good on that word that we will receive treasure in heaven. Or it might be that uh, we are growing weary uh, in serving on our evenings. Uh, we're, we might be uh, signed up to serve on different uh, things in the church, or it might just be the sacrifice of serving and loving others. Uh, and we put our, um, we bank our lives on the promise that there is a Sabbath rest still to come. Uh, that in heaven, we will bathe our weary souls in seas of heavenly rest and not a wave of trouble will roll across our peaceful breast. That we are trusting in that promise that yes, we are working hard and we are serving and we are laying down our lives now because God has a rest stored up for us and he's promised that 
And so I'm leaning on that in this moment. Or it might be the temptation to uh, give in uh, to our sexual impulse and say, you know what, I just, I'm, I'm done with um, following God's uh, sexual ethic. Uh, I want to do as I wish. And we say, no, because Psalm 116 says, in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Uh, that longing uh, for pleasure and for um, our closeness and comfort, that is going to be provided by God in his presence in a way that I can't imagine now. I'm reminded uh, at this point of something that, uh, a point that C.S. Lewis makes when he's, uh, he's talking about uh, um, there not being marriage and, and therefore not sex in the new creation. Uh, and he says, some people might think that this sounds like a bit of a, heaven sounds like a bit of a bore uh, at that point. And then he says, but that's a bit like a child whose highest pleasure uh, is chocolate. Um, asking his um, parents or asking an adult if they should, uh, if they eat chocolate while having sex and the adult uh, thinking, oh, right, that's because your highest pleasure at the moment is chocolate. Uh, and so you can't imagine that there would be something that would um, trump that uh, to the degree uh, that during that, um, during that other thing, you're not actually thinking about chocolate. Uh, how much more uh, in the presence of God, unhindered, uh, will we be satisfied uh, by his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forever, forevermore. So we trust in his promise uh, that he has what we lack now. He will make up for in eternity with something better, something more, something that will completely satisfy. Uh, another example uh, is taking risks. We might take a risk. We might go to a country where it's more dangerous to be a Christian uh, such that our lives are at stake. Uh, that's the way that the world is at the moment, uh, and it always has been. Um, and we trust as we, as we lay down our lives and, and give up uh, the protection that we might provide for ourselves by being in a safer country, uh, the promise of Jesus when he says, um, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet will he live. Uh, that Jesus has said, I will raise them up. And so we lean our lives as we take the risk to tell other people about the blessing of forgiveness of sins and of eternal life through Jesus, this free gift that the Lord Jesus, if something should happen to us, he will raise us up. It may be uh, something that's a little bit more closer for us. Uh, it might be embarrassment in evangelism. Uh, when we step out and think, I just, I might say something silly. I might not know, know how to answer their question. Uh, I might put my foot in, I might fumble. I might go, I might go red in the face. Um, I might lose my, uh, uh, lose my reputation. This friend might not like hanging out with me. I might be seen as a killjoy. I might be seen as somebody who's a bit too serious. Uh, somebody who, uh, puts themselves as being a bit too righteous and you think, you know what, all that pain, all that kind of emotional, social um, uh, embarrassment, 
um, rejection that we, that we might fear is made up by the divine approval at the end of the day when we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we can lean in on that, on that promise, that word that Jesus says, when people, uh, the faithful will get there to that day, as they've been faithful to me, unashamed of my name, now get to glory and have almighty God, right, say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. How much more will that make up for every rejection by sinful and silly people in this present life? It may be that in parenting, when you are persevering or tempted to give up on speaking the word, reading the Bible in your prayers, um, that you remember that God has committed himself to his word, that it won't return to him empty, that he has said to you, uh, my ear is open to you. You can approach the throne of grace uh, freely through Jesus. You can, uh, I, I have, one of the ways that I, I use, uh, the Lord says, to bring people to myself is through your example. The example of godly people is one of the instruments that I use to bring people to myself. So be faithful in that. It's not in parenting that God has given us a promise for our children that they would know and love Jesus. We don't have that promise. But we do have the Lord saying, this is my means. This is how I bring people to myself. So lean on those means. Trust me in those means. I've told you my word. I've told you prayer and I've told you your own godly example are instruments, means that I use to bring people to myself. Be faithful in them. Trust me in them. Give yourself to me in those things. Uh, and I'm faithful to my word. Or finally, in our work, uh, when we uh, persevere in our job and we work uh, as those who work for the Lord even when uh, the eye of our employer is not upon us, or we work uh, when we are not receiving what we feel is due to our efforts, because the Lord has said, the inheritance is your reward. The Lord Jesus sees every single thing that we do. He knows precisely uh, what we deserve. And the reality is we are going to get in the new creation far more than we deserve. We are going to get what the Lord Jesus has won uh, for himself and for us. Uh, he's the rightful heir uh, to the inheritance and by faith in him, we receive freely all that's his. So we're getting a way better deal uh, than we deserve for any work that we do. Uh, if, uh, if, if we want to talk about what we deserve, uh, we deserve to be cast out of his kingdom, uh, left to our miserable selves uh, for all eternity. Not with God. We don't deserve his good gifts. We've trampled on his goodness. We've dishonored his name. We've thought lowly of him. We've mistreated others. We've broken all of his commandments. We actually don't deserve anything. But God in his grace, because he's a fountain of goodness, has given us his son 
and allowed us to freely become our children of God so that the inheritance is ours as well. And so we work faithfully for our uh, master in heaven, knowing that he will give us a great inheritance as our reward. Uh, as we finish, um, let me just uh, read chap uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. In that verse, he says, uh, let us hold, therefore, saints at Magdalen Road uh, and anybody listening, uh, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed. Why? For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. You can lean on him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are faithful. We praise you uh, that you are like this. We praise you that you don't change. We praise you that you have integrity all the way down. Uh, we praise you that you are not fickle and flaky and you can be relied upon completely. We praise you that you don't break your promises. You never lie. You keep your word. You are more stable and more, and more steady and more reliable than the sunshine. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would help us to put our trust in your promises. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.